Have you heard of the ancient Keyblade War? Long ago, Keyblade wielders waged a war over the ownership of light. So, you know the Lost Masters. The gazing eye sees the fate of the world. The future. It's already been written. Perhaps, but unlike darkness, there is more light than meets the eye. Oh, I hope so. I learned the reason for my existence. They believe themselves to be moral and virtuous, but it's all an act. Darkness lurks in the pit of everyone's heart. They believe what they want to believe, using hollow reasons as justification. It's better they be ruled by darkness, left alone. The world would fall to chaos. There needs to be order. I don't know what I can do, but I will act. What comes next is too important. They say ruin brings about creation. So what then would another Keyblade War bring? When the darkness falls, will we be found worthy of the precious light the legend speaks of? I must have these answers. But once again, you have it all wrong, Erechus. Darkness is a beginning, you see, not an end. At birth, every one of us emerges from darkness into a world of light. Do we not, Erechus? You're such a fool. Light and darkness... They are a balance, one that must always be maintained. Venetus uses the Keyblade to sow seeds of darkness. He's an abomination beyond hope of salvation. See more worlds. Seek out the darkness that upsets the balance. Ask the man yourself. Learn the truth. And remember, you have a greater purpose. Does that Xehanort scare me like nobody's business? Whatever. I got my hands full with my own plans. There's a high price to pay for wielding such power foolishly. You've paid the price, and it lies at the bottom of the abyss. You require motivation. Of all the places to be sent, once a seat of power for all Keyblade wielders, it is the nexus from which all worlds spring. You thought you could contain me here, knowing all that you do about connections? The world began in darkness, and from that darkness came light. From the light came the people, and the people had hearts. Evil burgeoned in those hearts, begetting more darkness. And that darkness spread across the world like a plague, leaving nothing but ruin and utter failure. But the first light, the light of Kingdom Hearts, it can give us a new start. The world needs someone to stand up and lead. Someone strong to stop the weak from polluting the world with their endless darkness. Someone to dictate their destiny. A real leader knows that destiny is beyond his control and accepts that. You make me think of an old friend. 
you sly fox. Now hand over the Keyblade, Xehanort. It is too late. For us, perhaps, but not for them. Very well done. You seek clues to Sora's whereabouts by using your memories of him. I'm afraid the answer you seek lies in memories that are long gone. As I thought, your voice can't reach us here. Now I'm certain of where your heart is. If you arrive in a world that's neither of light nor darkness, but somewhere on the other side, your task will be far from easy. That is the answer I have for you. May your heart be your guiding key. Hello, 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 everybody. How are we doing today? I hope that Memorial Day weekend has treated you all very, very, very well. Um, before we get rolling, we have some glorious people that we need to thank. Who, if not for them, the compilation that I put together would not have been possible. So without further ado, we need to give some love and a shout out to the Sages of the Lodge, the beautiful people you see on your screen. And I think this list is fully updated. I'm pretty sure I double checked it a million times. But our newest Sages are Billy the Kid Lawrence, Big Poppy Anime, and Grey Goose Gummy Bears, just in case they aren't on there. So anyway, we are talking about none other than Papa Nort himself today. It's Xehanort season. What can you say? You strike when the iron's hot. I'm sure that our new antagonist will give us plenty to talk about when the time comes. But as for today, we're going to be sticking with the Nort Court of Sand. Babe, it's Labor Day weekend. Did I say Memorial Day weekend? Jesus. I get them mixed up. They're three-day weekend. Star Latte, that's what you're here for. But how's it going? I see we got a lot of people in here. We got, let's give some shout outs to the early birds. Star Latte, Seven Hearts, Seaman, Luigi, a light would invent Eric, Seaman, Mookie, Sage of the Lodge, the dude, Detench, just a waffle, and uh, Black Red Pill, Shadow Flare, Raiden, and then everybody, we got Trenton. Man, a lot of you came out. Brainless the second and the child. Okay. A lot of early birds today. Well, listen, I want to talk about Xehanort today. Um, you know, I feel like. Since Dark Road job dropped, am I the only one watching old Xehanort scenes and just seeing how they hit different? Like, oh man. I hope Xehanort kind of gets to see Woody again. Like, that's kind of what I hope comes from all this. I do hope Xehanort gets to talk to Woody again. And so he can just be like, listen, dude, you are out of line. Oh my God. All right. So... We can't talk about Xehanort. I want to talk about him in as close to chronological order as possible. So we have to start by talking about none other than Baby Nort himself. So if we're going to talk about Xehanort being a tragedy, allow me to put out a little disclaimer first. So Xehanort is not a victim. He created much more suffering than he endured. But that does not mean that his life is not a tragedy. As we see from the time he was born, he was taken away from his parents, taken away from his mother. His mother gave him up. We don't know if that woman is his mother. We can assume so, but it's Kingdom Hearts, so you never know. Um, 
but she gave him up, handed him over to the player character, who raised him on this island in isolation. Obviously, because he had that sort of empathetic heart, you know, so he can sense the feelings in others, so they had to keep him away from darkness. Because just like he can amplify light, that same power can amplify darkness as well. Um, but right off the bat, to be separated from your hometown, your parents, your dad, your mom, and be put on an island raised by a relative stranger living in this little cabin in the back. The cabin's nice, man, but it's a shack on a beach, you know? There's no air conditioning in there. Baby Nord had no air conditioning. Rough life when you're living on Destiny Islands. What can you say? Um... But it always kind of, it's kind of striking when you think about it that, you know, especially now that Kingdom Hearts is working to introduce bloodlines and introduce family lines, you know, we get the assumption that the Destiny Trio gets to grow up with their parents, right? You even see it in Birth by Sleep when uh, Terra visits Destiny Islands and he sees Riku. Riku points to Sora and he says, hey, my friend's dad took me out on that boat, you know? So there's always been that soft implication of family and bloodlines. I mean, that's where the Kyrie's grandma theory came from. But now it's real. It's really real. And to see a character like Xehanort in a world where typically you are raised by parents, be isolated on an island, raised by a stranger, a stranger who can't even take his hood off. You know what I mean? A stranger who can't even take his hood off. Um, <laughs> at least around us. I'm sure maybe Xehanort got to see it at some point. But it's a little striking to me, man. It's a little striking to me, you know. Um, there was a lot of loneliness in Xehanort's heart. Like, no matter what, just being separated from your birthplace and your parents like that, that'll bring some loneliness in your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, whoa, 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 let it rip. We've got a new Sage of the Lodge. King Sonu has become a Sage of the Lodge. Everybody in the chat, please give it up for King Sonu, our newest Sage of the Lodge. Thank you very much, my friend. Welcome aboard. Oh, man, I don't deserve it, but thank you. And honestly, any excuse, any excuse to play Breaking Free in the middle of any live stream, your boy's going to take it. Uh, but thank you, King Sonu. Very much appreciated. All right, so... Getting back to Xehanort over here. Um, you know, he could have had it worse. He could have been straight up abandoned. But something else that's worth pointing out is from the time he was little, he was being filled with these ideas that he's the chosen one, that he's the one who's going to relinquish the darkness. Like, there was a lot of self-importance put into Xehanort's head from the time he was even just a little baby. That's gonna have implications. That's gonna have its effects. So again, from the time he's, I, and again, it's not like he's out socializing with other children, you know, the way a normal child might, even in a place like Scala at Kylum or on the Destiny Islands. Like, as we know, Kyrie went to school and everything, you know? So it's not even like he has other kids around to socialize with. The one person he's able to talk to is here talking to him like, he is this child of prophecy. He is this savior. And again, to put those ideas in a child's head births a sense of hubris. And again, when we look at Xehanort, and we look at Xehanort's shortcomings, and we look at Xehanort's downfall, that sense of hubris is there, right? 
Like the whole idea that he wanted to dictate destiny. This is where it comes from. He felt like it was his rightful place to dictate destiny. And I guess what I'm trying to say is a lot of that stems from the very time he was a child. From the very time he was a child, he had somebody in his ear. The one person he had around in his ear telling him these things. And Charlotte Landy, my new beloved wife, just became a uh, Sage of the Lodge on YouTube. So Charlotte, thank you uh, very much for renewing that. I feel like, you know, you're just taking a dollar out of your pocket, dragging it, dropping it in mine. Uh, but thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for always holding it down as a mod. Thanks for always holding it down as a mod. Ay, Dios mio. All right. Let's keep it rolling here. You said child. Well, the child, we're not talking about you. We're talking about Xehanort the child, which I don't know. I don't know. Um, but again, and that's something we're going to talk about a lot today, is Xehanort had a sense of hubris. That's where his whole resolve really came from. This idea that he was going to unlock Kingdom Hearts, stand up and lead, and dictate their, dictate others' destinies, and uh, stamp out the weak, and keep them from polluting the world with their endless darkness. You know, like he himself wasn't polluting the world with darkness in a way. You know, again, a huge sense of hubris coming from Xehanort. And it starts with this. Look, I'm sure the Dandelions had good intentions. I'm sure the player had good intentions. But again, to put these ideas in a child's head, prob probably really not the best idea. Like, I think Just a Waffle nailed it right here. Says Xehanort really needed a hug. That's really what he needed. He didn't need to hear he was the chosen one. That could have waited until he hit puberty. Motherfuckers were in his ear as a kid telling him this stuff. Wild, man. Absolutely wild. But, again, something that's also pretty creepy about Xehanort, right? This is something that really creeps me out. When you think about it, his entire fate was shaped by dudes in hoods. His entire fate was shaped by dudes in hoods. Again, whether you're looking at the Blue Hood player here, whether you're looking at the Ansem, like the traveling Ansem that's hooded, who met up with him on Destiny Islands, or whether you're looking at the Master of Masters, in a hood. Like, it's just really creepy that Xehanort's entire life was guided, again, by these men in hoods. Be it the player. Be it Ansem Seeker of Darkness. Be it the Master of Masters. Did Xehanort really have a will at all? Did Xehanort have a say in any of this? This is the kind of shit I've been thinking about since Dark Road. Did he ever have a say? Like, did he... Again, whether it's when he's born and it's the uh, blue robe, whether it's when he's a teenager and it's the Ansem robe, or whether he's more of an adolescent and he's got the Master of Masters in his ear. His entire life, I know I'm repeating myself, but I just, repetition's the hammer of knowledge. His entire life, he had hooded figures in his ear telling him where to go, guiding him where to go, giving him what he needed when he needed it, whether it be the coat that could ward off darkness, or whether it be showing him the ways of time travel, or trying to get him off Destiny Islands, or trying to keep him on Destiny Islands. And if you notice, you'll see it a little bit later in the B-roll here, but if you notice, it's once the blue robe dies, once the blue robe dies, that's when the Ansem robe shows up. Maybe not directly after, but Xehanort is about the same age. And Nomura clarified this in an interview. 
He said that the reason Xehanort looks a little bit older in that, like, Birth by Sleet or Dream... Uh, I think it's actually a Dream Drop Distance cut. The reason why he looks a little bit older there was more of a budgeting thing. The way he looks in the Dark Road cut is pretty much just about where he was supposed to be, or at least where they envisioned him. All right, let's take a little drink. Remember to stay hydrated, guys. Thinking about Kingdom Hearts. It will dehydrate you. You think I'm kidding? I ain't kidding. Shit's wild. All right, let's catch up with the chat a little bit. See what you guys are thinking. A Light Within Ben says, Don't forget, Lucia was also on Xehanort's tail. Whatever. Uh, pretty much Xehanort's entire life, too. Exactly. Exactly. And as far as we're concerned, Lucia might as well be another guy in a hood. Because even when you do see his face, it's not his real face. He's wearing someone else's face. So again, he had all these, like, face, even more than hooded. He had all these faceless figures in his ear. These faceless, these shape-shifting fucking deceivers using him. It's wild, man. What's going on, Lands of Masters? What's going on? Starlot, can we get a shout-out for Lands of Masters? Black Red Pill says, Lushu, do we... Do be basically North Shadow since he was, what, 15? Yeah, legit, on his tail. Again, <coughs> bless me. From the time, like, Blue Robe passes out, Ansem Seeker of Darkness shows up, guides him to Scala, where Lushu picks him up. Like, just literally picking him up and dropping him off to a different proxy. There wasn't, oh, and this is what the gazing eye, you know, is really creepy too. It's like, there was always just eyes on him. There wasn't a thing he did that wasn't decided, that wasn't prophesized, that wasn't um, observed, be it from the gazing eye or any of these proxies that we've mentioned. Man, when we see Lushu's real face, I can't wait for that. That's the real reveal. Show me what he really looks like. Shadow Flare says, Xehanort basically let his heart begin as an empty container to be filled by the pain. Hopes and suffering of those blue, black, and brown coats supporting him his whole life. That's a very, that's a very nice way of uh, con contextualizing it, I would say. But legit. And there's something I thought that was very interesting, right? This was something I thought was very cool about Dark Road. Now, if you remember in Dark Road, after Baldur um, meets his defeat at the end... You see that Bragi was initially, Bragi being Lushu, Lushu was initially sort of tagging Balder. Like, Balder was kind of the candidate they were sort of grooming. But then he saw, he's like, man, Xehanort's got you figured out. He kind of learned through Dark Road, like, wow, this Xehanort guy really knows what the hell he's talking about. And he's really powerful and smart and wise and cunning. He was all these different things. All these different things. Mookie, Sage of the Lodge, says Xehanort will return through Lushu since he's already half Xehanort. You know, I'm glad you bring that up, Mookie. Maybe we'll get into this a little more when we get to the questions segment. But let's remember, Lushu in the Keyblade Graveyard still has that yellow eye. Honestly, maybe that'll be, um, maybe that'll be the meat. Maybe that'll help him travel. Balder got the defeat he deserved. Dude, the way Bragi like, just suns him. Just sons of them. Like, get out of here. Xehanort's got you figured out. Awesome. Awesome. 
Braggy B and Lucio was both a crazy and I knew it moment. For me, it was a whole, I didn't want to believe it. It was just one of those, I don't want to believe it moments. I don't want to believe it. But between you and I, I should have believed it. They put it right, right in front of the face, right in front of our face. Right in front of our face, which is kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. When Lushu said he was half Norded, was that a double entendre given half of Nord's existence was divined by Lushu's influence? Interesting. Let me chew on that for a second. Half of Nord's existence was defined by Lushu's influence. I don't, I don't, that's, that's a little bit of a tough sell, but I see what you're saying. I don't know about half. I see what you're saying. Hmm. Interesting. And they both kind of have a goat motif. Interesting. You know, there's something to that. I'd have to think about that a little bit more. But there's definitely something to that. Um, let's see. Where are we leaving off? So, yeah. So, taking it from Baby Nort, then we have a Xehanort who goes to Scala and literally gets to live the normal life he always wanted. Like, we didn't get to see a lot in Dark Road. What we got was very much an abridged version. But by the time Xehanort makes his way to Scala Ed Kylum, he starts to live a relative normal life. Something he never had. He, remember, he was stranded on those islands that whole time. Basically had one guy to talk to who's filling his head with the idea that he's the chosen one. And then he's going to end up in Scala where he makes friends. And he, he, yeah, he starts an apprenticeship. And he has a mentor. And, you know, maybe you in the chat can let me know. Maybe I missed this. But did they ever disclose? Did Xehanort... And I know he knows this as Master Xehanort, I suppose, but young Xehanort in Dark Road, did he know he was born in Scala? Like, does he does he know that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe one of you can uh, clear that up for me. But you have to think about it. <clears throat> After living in isolation for a decade or so, he makes his way over to Scala, makes friends, and starts to have a normal life. Meets his best friend, Ericus, which is pretty crazy. Orpheus Joshua, Sage of the Lodge, says, I don't think they ever say. Yeah, I, 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 I don't remember anything specific. Anime Mafia says, yeah, he knows. So he knows he was born here. Blue Robe told him maybe? Yeah, I would think so. Okay. But they never said either way. You know, I feel like by the time he's old man Xehanort, I feel like there's the implication that he kinds of knows. Like what he says, of all the places to be sent. There's a lot old man Xehanort knows because he could travel through time. You know what I mean? So I don't think young Xehanort particularly knows, but I, I, would, I would bet that Master Xehanort knows. Between his world tour and the time traveling and him being aware of the world of fiction and Book of Prophecies and that stuff, uh, that's what I would think. He says he doesn't remember his mom, but he knows she exists. Yeah. And for all he knows, he doesn't know if the mom came from Destiny Islands or Scala, but that is a solid point. He also wanted to see his mom, which broke my heart. Well, that's what I mean. And this is where I'm talking about today, about him being a tragedy. Like, a lot of the loneliness he felt in his heart. And like, if you want to think about, think about Xemnas, right? Xemnas was particularly a guy who felt a lot of loneliness, right? That, that comes from not having your mom and dad around. And he, like, you know, he even specifically expressed his longing to see his mom when he was a kid. But anyway, he goes to Scala. The dude lives a completely normal life for the most part. Like, you know, as, as normal as it could be in the Kingdom Hearts world. Goes to school, makes friends, has teachers, mentors, upperclassmen, things we're all familiar with. 
in our normal everyday lives. And then, bro, like, all of that gets taken from him. All of it. And, like, he's a young dude. And, like, he didn't just, like, lose his friends. He watched some of his friends die. Like, he didn't see, he didn't see Erd die. I don't think he saw Hermod die. But he watched, ba- he struck down Balder. He watched Vord die. Um, Vidar, too. The upperclassmen. Like, he finally gets, he gets some semblance of a normal life, and it all gets taken from him. So you got to think about that. He's born as a baby, taken from his mom and dad. Taken to Destiny Islands to live in isolation. Gets, gets these ideas put in his head that he's some kind of fucking prophecy, child of light, um, child of destiny, to be more specific. Then the player character dies. Ansem shows up. He ends up making his way over to Scala. Lives a relatively normal life with friends. Gets most of his friends struck down. Strikes down one of his own friends. And then he meets the Master of Masters. You want to talk about a roller coaster of trauma and tragedy? Childless orphan, raised by stranger, strikes down friend and has favorite classmates die. Meets mysterious man who gives him a coat that allows him to ward off darkness and sends him on a world tour. And that's the thing. And this is where the master was very clever with this. He knew Xehanort was um, susceptible to this sort of stuff. You know, for this, the same reasons the Dandelions and the people of Scala wanted to keep Xehanort isolated on Destiny Islands is the same reason the Master wanted to send him on the world tour. I'll explain that in a sec. See, the Master gives him this coat of darkness. Now he can ward off darkness. He, in a sense, has an immunity to it. And part of it is the Master does need to groom him so that eventually he could ward off darkness without the coat. But he gives him this coat so that, in a sense, he has this immunity to darkness. Well, where's Xehanort going to go? He's going to go to the darkest places imaginable. And you see that with the things he says when he comes back from his world tour. <coughs> Talking about people with their, their false light and that their, their virtue is a farce, their sheep pretending to be wolves. That coat enabled him to go to the darkest places. Whereas... If he didn't have a coat like that, if he had to ward off darkness by his own means, he wouldn't have went to the worst places imaginable. He would have went and explored places that were a little bit more balanced. But the master, knowing Xehanort's history, knowing his and knowing his susceptibility, with the empathetic power that made him a candidate to be a child of destiny, sent him on this world tour to look at the darkest places. And again, you see this pattern. Got his entire life, he's being pushed in different directions by different hooded and faceless figures. You got Blue Robe player pushing him this way. Then you got Ansem, who's himself, mind you, pushing him back home. Which is like a... Oh, shit. As I push my microphone off the desk. Uh, can you guys just verify that the sounds are good and that doesn't, like... You're not getting, like, crazy feedback now? Just let me know if the mic's okay. Anyway... Then the brown robe, who's himself, helps him find a way to push him back home, back to Scala. And please, somebody fact check me. It was Ansem that helped him get back to Scala, right? Somebody please make sure I'm right about that. Because I'm pretty sure 
but I'm not 100% sure. So let me know if that's how young Xehanort got back to Scala. I think it was Robe Ansem. But if that's the case, you have to consider what that's like. You know, Robe Ansem, sending him back home. I'll wait for the confirmation, but... Ugh. Yeah, it should be. Okay, because yeah. And now, you know, before we even get into talking about old man Xehanort too much, we should actually talk about Ansem and Xemnas. It was Ansem that got him to Scala. Okay, hey, listen, that's what you guys are here for. You're my bullshit detectors. You're my, you're, that, that's, that's what you're here for. Keep this shit going. Oh, get this out of here. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Let's talk about Ansem for a second. So what is Ansem? Ansem is basically Xehanort's heart without a body. It's the essence of his heart traversing without a body. What does Xehanort's heart do? Xehanort's heart finds him through time and sends him back home. Again, we talk about this subconscious darkness, this subconscious loneliness, this subconscious lonely, this longing to go home, longing to see those friends. Like everything with Xehanort is about this longing, right? It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Ansem, which has got to be a paradox. It totally is. Uh, Robe Ansem, you're right, Landy. Ansem is a heartless. Okay, okay, good, good. Just make it sure. Just make it sure. But when you consider that, and then, like, what does Xehanort's heart believe? What's in Xehanort's heart? What does he believe? Xehanort's views on the world are so cynical, he believes Kingdom Hearts is darkness. That's what he believes. Ansem the Heartless, Seeker of Darkness... He, believe, he does not believe Kingdom Hearts is light. His view on the world is so cynical that he believes the true essence, the true nature of being is darkness. Even though he makes it clear, darkness, I mean, light and darkness are a balance. That's what the heartless believe. That's what that, his heart essence believed. I think there's something pretty crazy about that. But I want to talk about Xemnas too. Because, hold on, wait, I see we got some cool comments here. Ansem and Xemnas, Xehanort's heart and mind. People who have chosen key become chosen dark vessels. Betrayers, Xehanort isn't different. What's going on, Corey Coleman? Ansem represents his seeking of darkness, and due to their experience of Baldur being corrupted by darkness and his whole speech about darkness in the heart. Exactly. You're starting to see where these sorts of beliefs came from and these ideas came from. Um, but let's talk about Xemnas, right? You know, we had that abandoned subplot. I hate that we abandoned this, but that abandoned subplot of him having in the... Cha I, mean, I think it's the Chamber of Repose. He's got Aqua's armor because, like, there's the Terra in him that's longing to see Aqua again. Then you have in his death scene, right? And I love I loved Kingdom Hearts... Oh, excuse me. Noah's got a little stuffy there. And I love Kingdom Hearts because so much of this stuff can have double meanings. Xemnas' final speech before he dies in Kingdom Hearts 3. Whole new context now. Of course, he could be talking about the organization, but when you consider that this is the nobody of Xehanort, suddenly he had that when he talks about the others betraying him and how he ended up with nothing, you know, it's it's crazy. In a lot of ways, I think it 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 Oh, what's going on, Seaman? Seaman anew. Sage of the Lodge. Ladies and gentlemen, please drop some love in the chat. Your favorite emotes, some hype. Give it up for C-Man, our newest 
Sage of the Lodge, here at the Landy Lodge. What's going on, man? C-Man, thank you so much. Listen, guys, I say it all the time. I say it all the time. All I ask is you come and hang out. Anything else is a bonus. So thank you very much, C-Man. I'll be uh, busting my ass. Busting my ass to keep this keep this kind of stuff going. You uh, believe me, you. Ansem said that, sir. Ansem said that. Oh, yeah, when the others betrayed us, I found I did not care. Yeah, okay, yeah, that was Ansem. True, true. Then what was Emnis saying in that scene? I'm actually going to pull it up. I'm actually going to pull it up. But there's something uh, a little wacky about all that. But I'm pulling up uh, Zemnis's death scene right now. Because I know I wanted to talk about that as well. Say, I feel the emptiness where my companions once stood. I took them for granted. And now I have nothing. My first surge of emotion in years for as long as I can remember. And it's loneliness. Yeah. And like, again, that sort of hits a little bit different post-Dark Road. I mean, that's, I feel like that's what Kingdom Hearts is really good at, right? Like, this isn't anything new. When you look at Kingdom Hearts 2, everything that followed Kingdom Hearts 2 bled into Kingdom Hearts 2. It lifted Kingdom Hearts 2 up. That's one of the reasons the game has aged so well. Think about it, right? Kingdom Hearts 2 comes out. What comes out right after? 358 over two days. Gives you... All of Roxas's backstory gives you a whole Axel backstory, gives you more information on the organization, more information on Xemnas, and you get a new character in Shion. So what does that do? It amplifies Kingdom Hearts 2. What else happens? Then you get birth by sleep. Now Xehanort isn't just a name anymore. You have a face, and you see it in action, and you learn that Xemnas is Terra, and that Ventus is in Sora's heart, and that's why Roxas looks the way he does. Again, it lifts up Kingdom Hearts 2. It amplifies it. Same thing with Kingdom Hearts 3. Same thing. Everything you're seeing post-Kingdom Hearts 3, Melody of Memory, Union Cross, Dark Road, it's amplifying everything in Kingdom Hearts 3 so that now in 2022, when you go back and you play it again, things now have this double meaning or you have new context. It's, it's really very smart. It allows the games to age really, really well. Um, and I don't know of any other series that really works that way. So let's catch up with the chat here. I see you guys are going nuts. Xemnas missed his companions. Yeah, absolutely. Xemnas in his loneliness, him wondering why his friends from the past died and Balder betrayed, he felt sadness and sorrow. Again, I feel like a lot of this comes down to the subconscious, right? Not something that's explored literally in Kingdom Hearts, but it's definitely there. You know, when you talk about Terra, right? Like, Terra had this subconscious darkness about him. You know, and that's something Xehanort preyed on. So that sort of stuff definitely is there. Um, but we see a million and a half reasons for Xehanort's holiness. Between separation from Scala and his parents, watching his friends get struck down, the Master of Masters leading him to the ugliest places the World Tour had to offer. It's it's really rather wild. Xemnas looks like an older Tower. Absolutely! 100% on purpose. Shio, number 14. Imaginary number key. 14 lives. <laughs> Imaginary. Fiction. Zay Whoa, Corey, call me. 
Yes. Yes. If 14 is supposed to represent that imaginary number, number I, Shion, number 14, Xehanort's 14th vessel would in theory be quote-unquote imaginary, so maybe that 14th vessel is in the world of fiction. That's cool. I dig that. I dig the hell out of that. You see, this is why. This is why. That's why I reach out every once in a while. This is why. Xehanort, the solemn darkness. You know, it's... It's always good to get more context as to why the villain is the way they are. Like, let's be honest. Before Dark Road, pretend Dark Road never happened. Xehanort was still a good character who you could you could understand his motives. He he um he he captured that sort of like dark, crooked, evil wizard vibe. You know, like everything about him. And you know, between Young Xehanort's introduction and Dream Drop Distance, giving us some more backstory. That scene from Coded, like. Xehanort got a lot of attention development, and he's one of my favorite villains of all time. But Dark Road, again, really amplifies everything. Like, again, the most... We talked about Xehanort's hubris at the beginning of the podcast, right? And that that was initially probably the shortcoming that led to his downfall the most. Now, his hubris again came from all these people in his ear, right? Where even the Master of Masters in their conversation says, says, I'll give you that. The world needs you. He says something along those lines. You're important or the world needs you. Everyone was saying this to him. Everyone was telling him, the world needs you. You're the child of destiny. And for all Xehanort's warts, one line that I felt always felt fell a little short was him saying, dictate their destiny that he sort of had this rightful place as the leader to dictate destiny, the destiny of others. Um, that shouldn't just come from nowhere. And if you listen to Xehanort talk in Birth by Sleep, he's a little bit more moderate with his hubris. Like, it's definitely there, but he definitely plays more of a manipulator role. Um, but through Birth by Sleep and even in Dream Drop Distance... He's a little bit more moderate when he's being pompous or full of himself or having a sense of hubris. In Kingdom Hearts 3, you really see it elevated in his final speech. And I always felt that while the development was there, it needed a little bit more. Dark Road gives us that little bit more. Remind gave us that. Like, when Remind shows up, showed us that the master was in Xehanort's ear telling him, Hey, you're important. The world needs you. Sounds like you already know where you're headed. That really helped pave into that line. But now knowing that again, from the time he was a baby, he was getting these ideas, it makes it clear why he was a sicko who wanted to stand up lead and dictate the destinies of others and keep others from polluting the world with their endless darkness. Not knowing that the darkness in his own heart would be dictating that itself. I don't know. I think that shit's crazy. Fate versus destiny versus free will. And I wonder if that's what this is going to represent, right? Like, does Xehanort just represent destiny and maybe Sora represents the idea of free will? Because Xehanort walked a path, right? A path that was laid out for him. The Dandelions laid it out for him. Ansem laid it out for him. Um, the Master of Masters laid it out for him. Lushu laid it out for him. And the whole road Xehanort walked, it was being laid out for him. Um... Sora sort of represents something a little different from that. 
I almost feel like Zorus kind of separate uh, represents an uh, an antithesis to that, you know. Whereas Xehanort was kind of glued to fate and obsessed with fate, he was so obsessed with the fate of the world, he didn't care enough about the fate of himself and his loved ones, and that's where he fell short, right? Like, Sora was willing to go to extreme lengths to bring his friends back to life. Like, he was willing to give up his own life, you know? Because that's the thing. Xehanort wanted to get to a point where he could unlock Kingdom Hearts and control destiny. Sora, his idea of changing destiny is not without consequence. And again, I talked about this in a recent video of mine. But that's the difference between Xehanort and Sora here. Xehanort wanted to dictate destiny. Meaning no resistance, no consequence. You know what I mean? Rule by decree. That's what dictate means. Sora, on the other hand, he wanted to change destiny to the very best he could. But not at the escape of consequence. Sora was able to change fate, but at the cost of his own. At the cost of his own fate, he was able to change the fate of Kairi, right? Sora and Xehanort, yin and yang. They really are like a mirror reflection of one another, right? Both able to change fate in their own way, but by different means. But yeah, that's, um, uh, I guess that's what I'd say about that. Um, and here's the other crazy thing, right? Here's the other crazy thing about Xehanort that I don't think is talked about enough. And it's one of the reasons I always believed he was going to make a comeback and he was going to be back in Quadratum, right? Because there's a few choice lines of his that are peculiar, but we'll get into that. Let's not forget where Xehanort's future takes him. By the way, speaking of Xehanort being a tragedy, that scene doesn't get enough attention. The one that just showed on screen where he looks at Ericus, who Ericus failed his students. No matter what way you bend it, Ericus was a failure of a teacher. He failed Ventus, he failed Aqua, he failed Terra. But in the end, his students forgave him and embraced him. That last shot right before Xehanort's collapse, he's alone. He's isolated, just like he was on Destiny Islands. Isolated. Tragic. But... In the same vein, he died the same way he was kind of born. Alone, but he always had one at the end of the day. As tragic as Xehanort's life could be when looking at it, especially in this way. Um, no matter what way you bend it. Like, at the end he had Ericus, in the beginning he had Player. You know, he was never alone. I think that's something, I think that's something cool. As should Xehanort get forgiveness? I don't know about forgiveness, but redemption. I don't know if Xehanort could ever truly be forgiven for some of the shit he did, but redemption. I'll make my call. It's nothing new. Xehanort will redeem himself in the future of the series. I believe that wholeheartedly. I think it's a near guarantee. Xehanort will redeem himself in the future of the series. Because he is a tragedy. He is a tragedy. And it's... It is his fault, but... It, his life was decided long before he was born. You know what I mean? That's why from the second he was born, he was cast out to Destiny Islands like that. 
But I don't. Again, I, to answer your question, I don't know if he should ever be forgiven. But he can most certainly, most certainly, most certainly, um, be redeemed. And I'm expecting it. I'm expecting it. C-Man says, yeah, Eric has had an unhealthy relationship with light and darkness, kind of like Xehanort just reversed. Yes, but this is what Xehanort had going for him. He was right that light and darkness are a balance. He just took it to the extreme. Like, the absolute extreme. Um... He saw light and darkness as a balance, whereas Ericus kind of was, he favored the light. He saw the light as precedent. FF7, Dirge of Cerberus, end credits music, redemption. Yeah, but that's, that's where he's headed. That's where he's headed. Because again, when you look at Xehanort's life, again, it's the title topic. It was a tragedy. It was a tragedy, especially because he never really got to decide his fate. As a baby, blue robe. Teenager, brown robe. Growing up, Master of Masters. All, and then Lushu, through those years. His whole life, he had some big agenda with their eyes on him. He is carrying no name, recording every, every move he did. This is a character that, again, doesn't deserve forgiveness for what he did, but he deserves the chance to redeem himself wholeheartedly. And I think he has a shot to do it in Quadratum. I think he has a shot to do it in Quadratum. Because to me, Kingdom Hearts is a story of death and rebirth. You know? If not just in the literal sense, in a character sense. You know? That's what the fall to darkness is all about. Do you think Xehanort reincarnated himself in Quadratum? Yes! Yes! 100%. I think that's what that 14th Vessel thing is all about. I think that's what the Miyashita Park in the background... I think it's Miyashita Park. In the background of his new concept art is all about, I think that's when Xehanort, young Xehanort gives his warning to Sora about the power of waking and falling into the abyss. Where are they? They're in San Francisco, which looks just like Quadratum. A lot of those tall buildings are there. You exact, and that line too, when he says, you forget that I plan for every eventuality. And then when he, when he admits defeat against Ericus, right? What does he do? He admits defeat in that chess match, right? That chess match between Xehanort and Ericus was supposed to represent their struggle of light and dark. Xehanort admits defeat. Whereas Ericus goes, but you never admit when you lose. And then he says, that's because I never lose. He may have lost that battle, but I think he's got his eyes on the war. And Xehanort is a man with a lot of pride and a lot of hubris. That doesn't just go away. I don't think he's going to settle for being the master's scapegoat. I don't think he settles for being the master's scapegoat. No way, no how. I don't think he's going to want to help Sora and his friends out of some like, like, like the Grinch stole Christmas. His heart grew three times its size. And now he's like, I want to be a servant of the light. I, I think there'll be some of that. I think there'll be some of that. But I think it'll be more that he doesn't want to be the master's scapegoat. That's really what I think. I think I think he's going to want to do something for himself. Because when he looks back on his life and he sees that the road was paved for him the whole way, he's going to want to do something for himself. He's going to want to do something that goes against that book of prophecies. A lot of people says he will want to help because there's something more dangerous out there. Yes, that too. Knowing who the master is and everything with that. 
I think Xehanort is for sure coming back. So many hints. Honestly, if this happens, I will be all for it. I'll be all for it too. Just don't make him a villain. That's my thing. Xehanort is going to be neutral if he is in Kingdom Hearts 4. That I like. That I like. To me, just don't make him a villain. You can make him neutral. You can make him an anti-hero. You can make him like a reluctant good guy. Don't, don't make him a villain again. It, it would, to me, it would kind of ruin his arc. I love his arc, like I like I laid out here today, because I think it's complex. I think it's complex. I think I think he's he's a tragedy that created mass suffering that deserves redemption. It's it's wild. He deserves blame and responsibility for his ill actions, but those ill actions were the consequence of of people older than him that led him astray. Like, that's the kind of stuff I feed on, because I'm like, man, this is a guy with so many moving parts where I'm like, if you reintroduce him, we can still have a lot of fun with him. Like, we can still have a lot of fun with him, you know? All right, let's catch up with the chat a little bit here. So, Dan, when some are born to greatness, others have greatness thrust upon them. True. I think that's a Shakespeare quote. I think I don't think Nomura would do all this work on Xehanort's tragic backstory and his screen with Sora and Eric is the end of three just to keep him a villain. I agree. I agree, C-Man. That's why I have faith and I have hope and I think that this will be done rather tastefully. Edgardo J. Cruz says, if Xehanort gets reincarnated, then Ericus? Or would that be pushing the lengths of reincarnation at the point in this series? Here's the thing. I like Ericus. I'd have no problem with Ericus coming back. You would just have to explain it. What Xehanort has going for him is Xehanort was a seeker of darkness, right? He, Ericus kind of kept to the Keyblade path, you know? And he even said to Xehanort, like, Xehanort, there are reasons these questions and answers are forbidden, you know, that, you know, Ericus was tempered in that way. Xehanort wasn't. Xehanort learned all this time travel abilities and how to throw himself through time and gather vessels so, I mean, Xehanort has just way more tricks up his sleeve than Ericus does. So it's way, way, way easier to sell me on Xehanort being in Quadratum than it is Ericus. Andrew Pryor says, the darkness is here, but do you think he will betray the master? The darkness or Xehanort? I I'm not sure who you mean. All right, let's catch up here. Y'all think Xehanort was crying after Woody roasted him in Organization 13? I'd like to believe that, like it would be funny, but I think that young Xehanort was so cold and cynical, he barely felt a thing. Well, Zigbar is part Xehanort, so maybe Zigbar can track him. Yeah, that, that would help Xehanort traverse his way to Quadratum. If Lushu made his way to Quadratum? Also, don't forget the beautiful artwork Nomura made and what he said he's all for bringing Xehanort back. Yeah, no, I brought up the artwork before, but that's a good point. That in one of the interviews, Nomura did mention, he's like, just because the Dark Seeker saga is over doesn't mean that Xehanort's not coming back. Because to me, it's like, don't get me wrong, guys. I love the hero's journey. And I love a hero's story. And I love seeing characters like Sora, who they never lie. and But they have their faults and their insecurities and their shortcomings. And they're gullible and they're naive and they're reckless. But... A guy like Sora stays positive and he, he, he traverses through the danger, saves his friends, and he's just the hero. And I love that story. I really do. It resonates with me. But do you know what I really love? 
I love seeing a, a guy like Xehanort fuck it all up and then make a comeback. That's what I love. We got any Persona 5 royal fans in the house? Third semester Akechi is one of my favorite character-like segments ever. But to me, like, that's way more fun to watch. I love Sora. He's one of my favorite characters ever. But there's a reason Riku's my favorite Kingdom Hearts character. And there's a reason Aqua's my second favorite Kingdom Hearts character. Because, again, I love to see a hero, somebody like Xehanort, right? Because you saw it in Dark Road. Xehanort was wise. You know what I mean? He has good ideas. Like, in a lot of ways, especially when he was younger, his heart was in the right place. So guys like Riku and Xehanort and Aqua, who, when they're young and, like, they have that youthful spirit, they, their hearts are in the right place, but they get corrupted by darkness and get taken. I love seeing them make their comebacks. I love seeing them find them where, their way back, especially Riku. I think that's why Riku resonates so deeply with the audience. And now you have a chance to do a redemption arc, just like Riku, but with Xehanort? The extremes are way higher. The stakes are way higher. Like, it's, it's just an opportunity because, again, there's something special about watching a tragic fall to darkness like Riku, like Aqua, like Xehanort, and then watching that tragic fall to darkness redeem itself and find its way back to light. Because Xehanort was right. And that's the other thing that was... Oh, God, you could just clip that, right? Just clip me saying Xehanort is right. But that was the thing. Xehanort was right about there needing to be a balance between light and dark. That's part of what makes him a tragedy, too, is that he was right about that. He was right that there needed to be a balance between light and darkness. But part of the tragedy was that his means of doing so were enabled by this child of prophecy narrative that he was being fed from everybody. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Aqua fell to darkness for like five minutes, though. Not just like her anti-Aqua moments. Aqua's real fall to darkness is her in the realm of darkness. You know, through fragmentary passage and all of that. It's a different it's a different vibe than sort of Riku, but to me like that's Aqua's full fall to darkness is descending through fa fragmentary passage and descending through the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 3 to the pits, you know? Ericus was a very by the book but was similar to Sora as a kid. I would say so. I would say so. He was also right about the power of waking, why he shouldn't tamper with it. He warned Sora of that. No, that's the thing. He has knowledge. He has wisdom. He, Xehanort has a lot of redeeming qualities. That's the thing. That's why this is such low-hanging fruit. He has a lot of redeeming qualities, as exemplified in your message. Corey Coleman says, Funny enough, Xehanort makes destined stable time loops. Whoa. Riku with Riku's self-sacrifice creates a singularity paradox, but even though Sora seems free, he is in the book as singularity well that's the interesting thing right i i'm still trying to wrap my head around that is they they, they named xehanort the singularity in dark road but is he really the singularity or is sora the singularity because sora caused the singularity moment that's what that was in kingdom Hearts 3 that was a singularity 
He's just not your by-the-book bad guy, which is why I love him so much. Yeah, you know, I always felt, you know, when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, a lot of people compared Xehanort to Thanos, and that never made any sense to me. I hope, I hope I'm not alone on that, but anyway. I wish Kingdom Hearts Dark Road would have expanded on how Xehanort gained so much knowledge. Me too. I mean... You could see it's from being close to guys like Odin and having a relationship with the Master of Masters. And you see that like from the time he was a kid, the player character was feeding him and feeding him these ideas. So you see that through his life, he kind of had these like ethereal figures, like even if you consider Lushu, kind of feeding him this knowledge and feeding him this information um, all along the way. You're not alone, Landy. I agree. I don't see the connection there. Yeah, it, it, it just seemed weird to me. It, it, and that's the other thing. People are like, oh, he's a misunderstood good guy. It's like, no, he's not. No, he's not. He's a dude with a god complex. He's not some misunderstood good guy. He's working on it. But shit. Xehanort went to school after Player homeschooled him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I guess. Yeah. He did get homeschooled at that little cabin. Which, you know, for all of Player's capability, he couldn't build Xehanort a bigger house. He had like 10 years to do it. Couldn't build him a bigger house. Jesus. Get out of here. Alrighty. So I see we're coming up on an hour here. Um, I'm going to take a quick break to uh, refill my water and uh, just run to the bathroom. We'll come back. Um, I want to answer your guys' questions. What questions do you guys have about Xehanort and the future of his character and the tragedy of his story? Um, feel free to shoot your questions in there. Again, I'm just going to run, do a little bit of a refill, and we'll be right back. So hang tight, and uh, we'll get after it real soon.
Okay, okay. I think I uh almost crashed my OBS there for a minute, but we're back. All right. Let's see how we're doing. Okay. Got to catch up on chat here, so let's go. Okay. Thanos isn't... Uh, Xehanort went to school. Okay, got that one before I left. Thanos isn't a tragic villain, just mad lad. You know, I got some thoughts about that, but that's another podcast for another day. Um, but time travel, knowing about Quadratum, your voice cannot reach us here. Now, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, in Melody of Memory, when Sora appears, you're like, oh, your voice can't reach us here? Now I'm certain of where your heart is. Come on, man. Come on. Thanos isn't entirely by the book either. Not at all, especially in the actual, like, Infinity Saga from the comics. It's a little bit... I prefer that to the MCU, personally. Uh, Anime Mafia says, Most likely his knowledge comes from his future self, Ansem. As he would say in Dream Drop System, he would talk to Ansem. Exactly. That's the thing. Who knows what he was able to see when he could travel to all points of the future? Because that's the thing. If Xehanort ends up in Quadratum, then that means his time travel abilities and his Ansem's abilities would enable him to be able to see that. Sora only got partway through middle school. It sure seems like it sometimes. I think young Ericus is more a foil to Sora. I would agree. Rather than just like him just because he has happy-go-lucky aspects, especially with his extreme hate towards darkness, temper, and stumperness. Sora's a little bit more understanding. That's why he's a little bit of a different breed. I said this one, but I'll say it here because it's an interesting theory I had. What if the player wanted Xehanort to carry on his legacy and be the next player in a way? Which, we're going to learn more about the player in Missing Link. So I'm hoping as we learn more about the player, uh, this scene right here, I'm sure will look a lot different once once we're living in a post-Missing Link world. Rose Red Thorns is not going to lie. Forcing the entire fate of the universe onto your adopted child's shoulders, dying in front of them without saying a damn word and pushing them to try to leave their only home is kind of abusive. Rose Red Thorns, I'm so glad you're here because this has exactly been the point the entire podcast. Right there, what she just said right there, I uh, if, if you're not a she, I'm sorry. You just let me know. Happy to correct myself. But what they said right there is true. What they said right there is true. They put a lot on Xehanort. Like, the Dandelions are kind of to blame for this. They put a lot on that child. No wonder he ended up with a god complex. Someone's got to take responsibility for that. Con Donahue. Hey, Landy, how's it going? I have to say this. If you ever heard of the show Amphibia... Xehanort reminds me of the backstory to King Andreas. I don't know that story, but if you recommend it, maybe I'll check it out. Who knows? Sometimes I have the memory of a goldfish, so good luck with that. Uh, both Riku and Sora are chosen by Xehanort as dark vessels. That is true. Both are born on Destiny Islands. That is true. Riku sacrificed himself to the darkness, and Sora, with his encouragement, caused a singularity. Sora and Riku are quite the troublemakers, aren't they? It's interesting that Xehanort chose them both to be vessels. Interesting. Mike is acting up again. Okay. Okay, how we doing now? How we doing now? We should be okay. We should be okay. Let me get a little verification, and then we'll keep this going. But I think our microphone's good now. Yeah, it looks good on my end. It looks good on my end. I'll keep it going until until people tell me otherwise. Still clipping a bit. Hmm. Okay, okay, hold on. Hold on, we got solutions. 
Okay, that should do the trick. It's good? Okay, now we're back. We're back, baby. Let's get back to these messages. Um, Katie G says, I really want to know how Xehanort knew about Quadratum when no one ever mentioned it until Master of Masters in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. Sending Kairi in the lifeboat in, Mas in Melody of Memory as Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, to see where she would end up. How Xehanort knew about Quadratum? Well, this is like I was saying. If Xehanort is to end up in Quadratum, right? If it is his destiny to end up there, if it's in the Book of Prophecies, perhaps, then Xehanort would have the ability to obtain that knowledge, right? Because if he has a version of himself in Quadratum in the future, then he could visit himself, theoretically. That's one way that I could see it. They haven't exactly told us exactly the moment he found out, but I'm willing to bet that it has something maybe to do with that. But we'll see. We'll see. Some people, C-Man says some people, by the way, the mic is good. I guess so. I guess it's good. Okay. Uh, C-Man says some people have been saying Xehanort had one of the willful darknesses in him. Personally, I don't see it, but what do you think? Yay, nay, or why? Hmm. Okay. Does Xehanort have one of them? We definitely don't have enough to conclude that. But it's possible. I definitely think Vanitas does. Xehanort might. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm kind of on the fence with that one. I don't have a concrete opinion. Which, by the way, boys and girls, you are allowed to have no opinion on something. Xehanort was one to different degrees with both Riku and Sora. Further, both Riku and Sora wore X on their clothes. Yeah, I think it depends on the title for Sora, but definitely. <laughs> Excuse me. Xehanort represents some of the seven deadly sins, greed and lust being one of them. How lust is how he wants companions, friends, and greed is how he was so extreme with his plan, pride as well. Listen, you can understand a lot about life and storytelling if you are well-versed in the seven deadly sins. I'll, I'll say that much. Pretty sure Xehanort abused the power of waking during his world tour. You know, if Xehanort did abuse the power of waking, I'm sure he did it knowingly. I'm sure he did it 100% knowingly, just like Sora. Because he does say to him, so you have also chosen the forbidden path. That's the other freaking thing. Like Xehanort even says, you have also chosen the forbidden path. Also? Also? So the Forbidden Path that got Sora to Quadratum, Xehanort also took the Forbidden Path. I feel like it's always been right in front of us this whole time. I feel like it, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe in a post-Kingdom Hearts 4 world, people just think I'm a crackhead. But I feel like it's always been right in front of us. Moving on. A Light with the Men says, I have a theory for you to check, above for you to check out. I think I read it. I think I read it. Thanos was very different in the comics. Yeah, he was very different. He was trying to court Mistress Death. That's why he killed half the population and didn't double the resources. Because in the comics, he was trying to court Mistress Death. Again, another conversation for another day. Kid Q says, Definitely seems like Odin trained Xehanort after Dark Road. Yeah, I'm glad they left that open too. I wonder if in Missing Link we'll get any like Xehanort flashbacks. Just a Waffle says, let's see. Sora, 14-year-old boy in middle school. But when Skip school, turning 15. Kingdom Hearts 2, Sora meets the Twilight Town gang. Yeah, he didn't know what homework was. Which homework is a scam. I'm going to just say it. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I grew up. I became an adult. 
I'm fortunate enough that my job doesn't have homework. Most jobs don't have homework. Homework is a lie, not an accurate representation of the real world. Anyway, Andrew Pryor says, so I know everyone saw the ending of Dark Road, but how do you feel about the future of the series? Where do you think it's headed now? The best is yet to come. The best. And look, just so you know, like, where I'm at, I'm someone I, I love and adore Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. Kingdom Hearts 3 and Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, love and adore it. I think it's the best in the series. It's just my opinion. As someone who I love and adore Kingdom Hearts 2, it's, it is a ride or die game for me. But I really genuinely loved Kingdom Hearts 3. I think the series is at its best right now. I think the narrative is at its best right now. I think all these characters are at their best right now. Sora is more interesting than ever. Uh, Kyrie is more interesting than ever. Xehanort, more interesting than ever. Master of Masters, more interesting than ever. The only one who may not be as interesting lately is Riku, but I think they could fix that. And then you got the whole Yazora thing going on and the Versus 13 meta-narrative. It's just so much fun now. It's, it's, it, it's never been better. I, I think the future is bright. Um... Uh, but yeah, that's what I would say. That's what I would say. Just uh, double check me, guys. If you guys could just double check, make sure my sound is okay. I think it's okay, but I'm getting a little paranoid. The darkness is taking me. I'm being norted as we speak. I hope so. Missing Link will be interesting. Learning leaning, learning more on Xehanort's bloodline and Ericus's too. Yeah, the bloodlines thing is interesting. Again, I bring up Naruto a lot, but I wonder if we have a, like a Senju... Uchiha thing going on. And that's what the Blue Bloods are, right? Like, Ericus is like the Senju line, and Xehanort is like the Uchiha line. I wonder if that's what we got going on. Your sound is perfect. I like hearing that. I like hearing that. So it was Lorium's fault. Listen, I got a video on Lorium coming out soon. Within the month, I'll have a, I'll have a Lorium video ready. Lily says, I've always found Ericus Xehanort's relationship similar to Sora and Riku. However, the difference is Ericus was very adamant about his stance, which led to a strained relationship. While Sora was a lot more, I think you're going to ha have that continued. Um, let me see. Where are you, Lily? Understanding and why Sora and Riku was able to rekindle their friendship. Yeah, Sora is a bit of a different breed, you know? Ericus was really loyal to the light, to a fault, to an absolute fault. Okay, let's see. Abdul Dumbia says, I liked what Sarah, if you guys know who that is, do you mean Sarah Key? I think that's who you mean. Said about the child of destiny that it's anyone who can fulfill the role rather than destined chosen one. Kind of the inherited from will from, kind of like inherited will from one piece. Interesting. So like, for example, if Envy, right? If Envy fulfills her role as a foreteller, then she's a child of destiny. Is that what you mean? You let me know. Mike is acting up again. Shit. I don't know what's causing it, guys. I don't know what's causing it, but it usually works on a reset. Damn, how long ago was that? Damn, has that been going on for like eight minutes? I hope not. Maybe it's, uh, if he was raised properly, maybe he could have stayed alive long enough to realize his dream. Okay. Master Xehanort deserved hell. He did. He did. He did. That's the thing. 
and I made that clear at the beginning of the podcast, just because he's a tragedy doesn't mean he's not responsible for the shit he pulled. I think the reason Answer chose Riku was he showed himself and saw himself in Riku and had similar intentions at first. Yeah, and who knows? Who knows how far this bloodline thing goes? Who knows if Xehanort and Riku are in the same bloodline, maybe? Who knows? I doubt it, but who freaking knows at this point? Mike has been fine. Maybe it's been your computer or phone, bro. Yeah, when, like, the phone gets a signal and it does, like, a da 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 Yeah, let me get that shit out of here, then. Let's move the phone back here. Get that shit away from here. But that that could be it. My man C-Ban. Thinking outside the box. Okay. Maybe he found out about Aquatum during his apprentice days. Or the world tour. It's possible the world tour allowed him to see it. I wonder why the player chose Destiny Island of all the places to raise Xehanort. Zora was also born. So this has been my theory about Destiny Islands and the whole Xehanort thing. So Kingdom Hearts has put a lot of focus on uh, world orders and that every world has a separate time axis, right? Every world is spinning on a different time axis. I think they needed to send er uh, they needed to send Xehanort into the future, right? Because the Scala and Kylum that Xehanort uh, grows up in is a lot different than the Skylad Kylum Xehanort was born in, right? He was born in that more rustic-looking Skylad Kylum. So they shoot him over to Destiny Islands. He hangs out on Destiny Islands for however long they need him to, and then when the time's right, he gets sent back to Scala. But by the time he comes back to Scala, it looks like hundreds of years have passed, right? Like, there's been so much um, progress in the infrastructure that it looks like more than just 15 years have passed, right? Rustic Scala and like Xehanort Scala, that's not 15 years. That's like 150 years. So I think the reason baby Xehanort was put on Destiny Islands was because of its time axis um, order. And because of that, it was able to send Xehanort into a future Scala Ed Kylum and keep him out of the rustic one. Moving on. I suspect young Xehanort abused the power of waking during his Mark of Mastery exam. I could see, ah! Then how did he stick around? Because Sora abused it and he poofed. I feel like if he, if he abused it, he would have poofed a long time ago. Black Red Pill 2 says, It would be wild if Sora was the Nort of the Quadratum, as he seemed convinced Sora would become one of his vessels at some point. Yeah. I think there's a darkness in Sora. You know what I mean? I don't think Sora's a pure light like Ventus and Kyrie. I, I think there's a real darkness in Sora. And I'm starting to think tinfoil hat, tinfoil hat. I think Sora might originally be from fiction. But we'll get into that on another day. Um, Corey Coleman says, about Xehanort knowing about Quadratum, the magic mirror says something that suggests he knows a fiction some beyond time. That's another thing, too. He very well could have gotten the information from that fucking mirror. That mirror knew some shit. That mirror knew some shit. What if the Master Master took Xehanort to Quadratum on his world tour? And that is the clip we see in the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer. Maybe. Maybe. My thing is that um, it seemed like Xehanort kind of went on that world tour on his own. That would be my only rebuttal to that. If all hearts return to Kingdom Hearts, does that mean Quadratum is on the other side of Kingdom Hearts?
No, I don't think so. Because it's not like Sora died normally, right? Sora didn't get struck down and we watched his heart float up into the sky and then merge with the Kingdom Hearts moon. That's not what we saw. That's not what we saw. What we saw was him fade and sort of get transported. So I don't know about that. It's possible, but I don't know about that because Sora's means of getting there wasn't like a normal death. But then again, ugh, always fucking Sterlitzia there. I don't know. Let's keep going. Tattleflare says, I also presume that unreality involves imaginary dimensions using the number in their planar definitions. Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. Another thing, Yen Sid has the Book of the Poetic, Kingdom Hearts 1. Do you mean Book of Prophecies? Because I know I've had the theory for the longest time that he has the Book of Prophecies on his desk in Kingdom Hearts 2. Maybe he could see fiction too. He knows about the world of fiction. Yen Sid showed his hand in Melody of Memory. He knows about the world of fiction. The Child of Destiny is similar to the inherited will from One Piece. It's anyone, no matter who they are, they can fulfill a role rather than a prophesized chosen one. I like that. It'd be kind of cool. So it's like the children of destiny. Black Red Pill 2 says, Given Nort was convinced Sora would become a vessel for him in Dream Drop Distance, despite witnessing it failing in the game, do you suspect Nort will return to complete that? No. I don't think Xehanort comes back antagonistically. I don't think he comes back antagonistically. I don't think that works. That's just me. Maybe that's just me. I, I, I just don't think that works. Let me just check something. Okay, we're chilling. All right. Also, every answer we get raises three more questions, and I absolutely love it. You know, some people talk like that pisses them off, and look, that's your prerogative, that's your taste, but that's freaking life, man. That's how life works. That's how knowledge works. The more you see, the less you know. When you gain knowledge... For every fact or piece of knowledge you gain, it breeds like 20 questions. Okay, this is made of glass. Okay, I okay. so I learned this is made of glass. Now it's like, well, who made this? How, how did we make glass? Oh, it's made of sand, heated up sand? Well, how hot does it have to be? Well, how long does it have to be that hot? It, it, it's spiral, that's how knowledge works, you know? That's what I've always loved about the series. And I'm a dimwit, by the way. I, I hope people don't think I'm positioning myself as some, like, bookworm. Like, I'm a dimwit. So, I'm, I'm as dull as Sora. Let's put it that way. Okay, Dixnil Norded Landy. I got Norded a long time ago. You guys ready for getting Norded November? You guys ready? I see the Landy Lodge of the Dude could be an evil thing of the trap. Darkness, okay. Anime Mafia says, is Master Odin related to Ephemer and would be distantly related to Xehanort because he has the Master's Defender? You know, on my last podcast, I gripped this idea for a little bit. And I feel like what we concluded was that it's more than likely that Odin's Master was Brain. Or someone mentored by Brain at the least. Xehanort knew Ericus was lost to the light when he spoke to him in Birth by Sleep before he backhanded him with a blast of darkness. Bro, Xehanort was in another league. Xehanort was in another league. I like Ericus. I think Ericus is a great character. But he got struck down by Terra pretty handedly. Ericus pushed Terra to the limit. 
What role do you think Demix will play? Oh, it's anyone's guess at this point, man. It's anyone's guess at this point. Uh, the, the mystery of Demix, it's a wonder they've been able to pull it off this long. I don't know how they've been able to pull it off this long, but I am um, pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. I don't know how they pull it off. I don't know how they pull it off. Keep this going. Mike has been fine. It's your computer or phone, bro. Yeah, I think it's the phone. When the phone gets a message, it like acts up, acts up the internet a little bit. But that's okay. Only one mention of parents in Kingdom Hearts history, so we don't know. Yeah, it's when Riku mentions Sora's parents. I'm trying to think if there was another mention. I mean, now we got Xehanort's parents. We know Xehanort has a mom. Um, I mean, you have everyone's theories about Ephemer and Scald. Um, what else we got? Any other mention of parents? I don't know. But Kyrie goes to high school. That's got to count for something. The future plot sounds a lot like a plot from Jack 2. Oh, man, dude. I got to replay Jack and Daxter one day. Bro, Steph! Steph's in the house! Steph's in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, let me get this man's link. I hope you're still here, Steph. I hope you're still here, my man. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to follow my boy, Steph. He has uh, been back in the Kingdom Hearts content game. Dude, I've been loving these um, I've been loving these street chat videos you've been doing. You just walk in the streets and chat in Kingdom Hearts. I love that kind of stuff, man. I hope you keep doing that. I hope you keep doing that. Just walk in the streets and chat in Kingdom Hearts. I love that, dude. Okay, let's scroll back up to where we are. Destiny Islands does seem to pop in and out of the available sections of Interspace. Perhaps only worlds at a similar point in time share an ocean star with the realm between. That is a, that's some good conjecture right there. Shadow Flare with the good conjecture. Just a Wobble says, I remember when you were live streaming when you kind of broke your microphone and then had to get a new microphone as a backup. Ever wonder if you have a new microphone or buying a new one, how much it'll cost? No, 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 no. It wasn't the microphone. It was the mic cable. We had to buy a new mic cable and that cost us like 20 bucks. We're good. More than good. Sage's got it covered, fam. Sage's got it covered. Before Xehanort ended up in Skylight, he was greeted by his future self, so he had to come across a lot in his tour. That's what I'm saying. And if he does have a version of himself in Quadratum, he probably saw it there too. Hooded figure in Missing Link trailer is young Xehanort just after getting the black coat from Master of Masters. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that was part of his world tour? Woo! I love it. Oh, I never thought of that. Using Destiny Islands to move forward in Scala. That would kind of excuse the hell they put baby north through yeah that's the only way it makes sense to me is they were trying to fling him into the future Sora turned into a shadow heartless his anti-form is interesting yes lest we forget there's a lot of darkness in that in that in that boy jokes aside north did definitely abuse the power of waking during the world tour as we observed firsthand in dream drop distance young north was there because of it Ooh, now that's got me thinking now that's got me thinking. So happy for you, man. Keep killing it. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, bro. Yeah, we did recently pass 3,000 subscribers on YouTube, guys. So thank you for that. That's something worth celebrating. I'm sorry I haven't done a celebration stream. I've wanted to, but like, 
I feel like now's the time for crushing. You know, like Dark Road just dropped. I have all this content I want to make. I got all these podcasts I want to do. There'll be plenty of time to celebrate. In November is our four-year anniversary. So we're definitely going to do a lot of celebrating for that. So I feel like now's the time for crushing, man. It's a time for crushing. His rage mode evolution pretty much guarantees he's darkness. Yeah, exactly. Well, that he has darkness, rather. Yeah. After Master Xehanort is revealed as an empath, yes, the empathetic power, it opens up so many parallels with other characters who are as well. Baldur, Sora, Terra. But it brings up that Sora was the only one who successfully uses this trait and prove how being an empath doesn't always result in only turning into darkness like the other two, and thus being the chosen boy, the one who's positively connected to everyone, the being of hope. Yeah, dude, I mean, this is what I love, right? Is that Kingdom Hearts is getting into this nuance that, like, light and dark doesn't mean good and e evil. Light and dark isn't good and evil. There's nuances. And it depends who's wielding them. You could wield light in an evil way. You could wield dark in a good way. I love that shit. What about our girl, Shalitzia? She's chilling. Young Xehanort, his hooded figure, and missing link. I don't know about that. Somebody in the chat brought that up. It could be. I don't know. I think it's Seagird. No, not Seagird. I think it's Lushu. That's who I think it is. The Child of Destiny is passed down to anyone a collection of different circumstances. They're meant to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught, I'm caught up with that. Speaking of Ven, speaking of Ven, do you think Xehanort connected the dots and discovered Ven was from ancient past of the Dandelions from his dreams? Yes! I think Xehanort had a clear idea who Ventus was. But remember, this is an old man Xehanort who probably looks back at the player, right? Knowing this was connected to the player? Like, eef, gets a little creepy. Hey, Matias Sembia, how's it going? Shadow Flare says the imaginary plane is either 7th or 8th dimensional shenanigans. Yeah, that's over my head. That's over my head right now. John Beeson says, so if all Keyblade wielders go to the final world after they die, does that mean that Ericus and him are both there as lights? I don't know, because the final world is like a final stopping point. I don't know what qualifies you for that final stopping point. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Since Xehanort could peer into people's hearts, do you think he may have learned about Quadratum through peering into the Master of Masters' heart when he met him? Ooh! Now there's a little theory. I like that. Maybe he was able to feel it through the Master. That's why he's like, who are you anyway? Yeah, interesting. Manukuma says, what if the price of the power of waking is trapping the user in their home world slash dimension? So Sora could have been born in Quadratum if that's the case. Yeah, it's... We still don't know, like, where exactly Sora's from. Who his parents are or anything. Questions are awesome because theory crafting is so much fun. I mean, at least the good times like the one we are having right now. Exactly. That's how I like to do things, man, is I'll talk about the title topic for an hour and then let's just hash it out with the chat. See what kind of ideas we come up with. Huh, if you know nothing, you can understand nothing. And Sora knows nothing of the... Back lore or dark road? Interesting. Cosmic Tron says, The thing about Xehanort that makes him different from other wielders is he actually controlled the darkness. He didn't let the darkness control him. Yes, but it looks to me now that Riku and Terra 
have reached that point as well. That's what I would. That's what I would say. Let's see. Shadow Player says, "I think the price of abusing the power of waking is to become non-canon, to be so unchained from sixth dimension reality that you belong to this imaginary plane." That's that's a funny way to look at it. That's a funny way to look at it. Do you think Xehanort acted like a father figure towards Ventus before he started his training? No, I think old man Xehanort was so twisted he was probably like, if anything, an abusive father figure. Let's see. Ephemer is the first dad canonically in Kingdom Hearts. As a character, you could say that. Terra says Ericus is a father to him. Kyrie was adopted by the mayor. Says so in the manga. Yeah! And the manga's great, by the way. Highly recommend reading the Kingdom Hearts manga. It's good stuff. Very good stuff. Let's, uh, let's keep this rolling. It's maybe far-fetched. What if Xehanort's dad is Lucio? Whoa. That'd be crazy. I really want to know what Sora, Riku, and Kairi's family life is like. Me too. We need more of that slice of life. We need a little bit more of that slice of life. Could Sora have saved... This is from that boy, Yazur. Says, could Sora have saved Nort's remnants inside Riku? Riku wouldn't have lost his heart at the Keyblade Graveyard. He would have been Sora's dream eater. His appearance in Remind suggests Nort knew this. Ooh. That's interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. Landy, imagine if Ansem gave young Xehanort a sports magazine from when from the future when they met. You mean like Back to the Future? And now they can like, yeah, 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 you can gamble. Okay, I'm with you. Riku could be part of Vala's family. Green eyes, similar attire, and similar cocky attitude. You know, I did like Vala's character. Again, like, none of the classmates really got any development, but Vala seemed fun. Let's see. Sora has the rage form. Rage, Wrath, Ira, Ira. Yeah, no. Who knows? Maybe Sora and uh, Ira are from a similar, uh, similar line. Hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Just got hit. Ericus used light in a bad way to fight his students. Exactly. The Terra and... Let me tell you something. The Terra and Ericus fight changed Kingdom Hearts series forever. Forever. There was always the suspicion that light wasn't always good and dark wasn't always bad. But when you see Ericus using the light to try and kill his student, that's a child. And then you see Terra use the darkness to defend his friend, suddenly moral nuance was introduced to the light and darkness lore officially. It was just so good. Like, again, there were implications of that in the past, and there was a little bit of that in the past. Everything with Riku's character in Kingdom Hearts 2 and Chain of Memories, it was there, but Birth by Sleep really solidified that. Okay. Let's see, let's see, let's see. What's going on, Mirror Limit? How are you? All right, Light Within Ven says, a massive master says my name is blank. Xehanort looks shocked like he figured something 
Like he figured out something. It's definitely possible he peered into Master Master's heart and figured out Quadranum at that point. The only thing that holds me back from that is that he's like, I never knew he who he was and perhaps I never will. He says that in a Remind cutscene. Who knows what Xehanort heard at the end of the day. It's weird that Nort almost gets Ven killed when his dream friends were so important to him. He even tells Vanitas, I did this for Ven, not you. Hmm. Let's see. Oh boy. Hey, what's going on, Xylath? How are you? Let's see. Gotta, I gotta catch up a little bit. Ventus is technically over 100 years old, not a child. I suppose you're right. He's traversed over hundreds of years, but he still has the heart and mind of a child. That's for sure. Poor Terra gets too much hate. I agree. Terra gets way too much hate. Everyone's like, oh, Terra was so gullible. It's like, yeah, he was 18, okay? You got student loans? You were gullible too, buddy, at 18. Moving on. Uh, Terra's darkness was the arc that sustained Xehanort. And your darkness will be the arc that sustains me. Such a, such a fucking epic line. I think the only two characters that received character development other than Xehanort is Vor and Vala. And Ericus. I'd be willing to give that same, extend the olive branch to Ericus. Let's see. The fact that Ericus' fixation on light was what caused the doubt in Terra and the rift not only within Ericus, but also his friendship with Aqua Ven and made Xehanort manipulation so much easier. Okay, I was a little bit broken that message, but I see what you were saying. It was Ericus's devotion to the light that allowed Xehanort to prey on, you know, Terra's weakness and stuff like that. Master Xehanort should have looked less evil to make things believable. You know, that's the thing, though, is I feel like Dark Road does a lot for him in that regard. And I think the Remind, believe it or not, the Remind Xehanort, the one that's talking to Master of Masters, he might be saying some conclusively dark things, but you could tell it kind of pains him to feel that way. Or Terra should have taken his words with a grain of salt. Yeah, 100%. He could have definitely been less gullible, but again... Doing well, chilling while working on some stuff. Well, I'm glad I could be here. Entertain you while you do your craft, baby. Vor was Dark Road's MVP. She was the best classmate. She got the most attention, but man, absolutely shattered anyone who thought. That's what I loved so much about Dark Road. It shattered so many theories. Vor being Kyrie's grandma, showered, showered, shattered. Scold being Subject X, shattered. The player being reincarnated into Xehanort, shattered um it just shattered so many things it's just so cool man so cool darkness being used as an arc hints that time travel can simply be done as a heartless that's what i'm saying i had to talk with my buddy who he kind of felt like time travel was introduced out of nowhere now it certainly wasn't um laid out in plain sight but as you're mentioning time travel was always there you could do it as a heartless it was always there Xehanort just figured out a new way to do it through the Keyblade. Um, more like the Master. I'm sure the Master kind of had that figured out. Um, question that haunts me, where is Ava? I wonder where she is. Is she Subject X? I think that's the best going theory right now. I think Ava being Subject X is the best running theory. Let's see. Who is Kyrie's grandma? Who knows? It could be Ava. It could still be Ava. But... 
I think she might be the mayor. I think the woman we all thought was Kyrie's grandma this whole time might actually just be the mayor, and it might just be an adoptive grandma that has nothing to do with any of these characters. And honestly, I'm starting to think that's the uh, most likely outcome. Stay hydrated, guys. Kingdom Hearts will dehydrate you. I wonder if Xehanort was seeing the player's memories from Missing Link. I think so. Could be an explanation on his knowledge of Luke Sword and Demix and how Xemnas may have had that context. There we go, X-Fish. Keyfish. Keyfish. M.A., hi, Lenny. How's it going? I'm Maria's other account, by the way. Maria, how are you? Glad to have you in here. I love the Neku uh, PFP. She could reincarnate into Kyrie's grandmother. Always a possibility, I suppose. Isn't the 14th darkness light slash Yuzora? Who knows? The the uh, the jury's still out on that one, as they say. Let's see. Let's see. I got to scroll down a little bit. Sorry I can't get to everybody's messages, guys. I want to get to everybody's, but there's there's so many of them. I got I to kind of skim and go. Um, let's see. <clears throat> How did Shatter Skull being subject X? Did I miss something? Okay. I'm glad you asked. So my understanding of it, my understanding of it, Nomura in an interview confirmed that Xehanort's, um, we don't know if that's his mother, but the woman who's holding baby Xehanort, who passes that on to, to the player, that woman holding baby Xehanort is related to Skald. So a lot of people think that might have been Skald's child and that like Skald might be that woman's mother and that maybe Skald is like Xehanort's great-grandmother or great-grandmother. It, it could still be, like it could still be, but with this introduction of bloodlines and with Xehanort saying that woman's related to Skald, it kind of paints the picture that Skulls probably came before. Um, but let's keep this rolling. This theory of Skull not being subject to X is debunked. It's not fully debunked, but it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look as good as it used to. Like, it could still be. It could still come through, but I don't know. I don't know. Time travel has been in Kingdom Hearts since Kingdom Hearts 2. It's definitely not out of nowhere considering Timeless Server. See, I can make an exception for Timeless Server because you could just chalk that up to them being like funny or quirky or just creative. But you are right that time travel has been here since KH2. Ava is the white robe person Lushu put in the pot. I, I could get into that. I think that could work. The true dandelion, you know? I get with that. Ava is a sly fox being too sus, yeah. Lushu put Ava in a pod and probably sent her to the future, probably to Kingdom Hearts 4. Who knows? She could be chilling in Quadratum. Ava is Sora's mother. I actually would kind of like that. I'd actually kind of like that, honestly. Ava is Yuzora's girl. I'd like that too. Maybe I'm crazy. Let's see. Any relations to the Seven Crowns, True Dandelion, and Child of Destiny? Little above my pay grade right now. A little bit over my head. I haven't thought much about that. You've been doing very well keeping up with us, Landy. I'm doing my best. Doing my best. Xehanort referred to the woman as his mom. He just asked if he would see his mom again. He didn't specifically say, hey, that woman who handed me to you. Is that my mom? I'm trying to really... I'm trying to really keep it as literal as possible. Like, obviously that woman could be his mom. But it's no guarantee until it's said to be in plain English, you know? 
Subject X, subject key, perhaps unchosen traitor of some kind. <sighs> I'm wondering, subject X could be Ava. Subject X could be Yuzora's real body. Who fucking knows, man? I mean, it's supposed to be a girl, so I don't know. Subject X could be, uh... Nameless Star's body. I don't know. I don't know anymore, man. I don't know. Let's see. Xehanort or no one ever said that is his mom. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No one ever specifically said that was the mom. Is No one ever said that his mom is related to Skald. No, no, no. Nomura said that in an interview. If I'm not mistaken, Nomura confirmed in an interview that the woman who passed the baby off to the player is related to Skald in some way. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but I'm pretty certain of that. Let's keep running. Do you think we will see more player's life in Missing Link? I think we technically will play as player in Missing Link. I think technically we play as player. Watch Subject X be a brand new character or something. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, honestly, I wouldn't even be mad. Well, maybe a little bit. I'd be, I'd be mad at myself. I'd be mad at myself for expecting anything different. I'm still holding on to Data Strelitzia being the true dandelion just because of her being in Quadratum, but it makes it hard for who Subject X would be. We know Subject X has dark hair. That's about all we know. Maybe, yes, Nomura said that woman is related to Skuld. He just didn't give the full reveal of Skuld and Xehanort's mom connection and missing link. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nomura, Xehanort and Dark Row didn't confirm it, but Nomura in an interview mentioned that the woman passing the baby is related to Skuld in some way, but that it may not necessarily be Xehanort's mom. Well, I hope we get more about Isa since he still wants to save Subject X. Isa's going to be big in the future of the series. I think so. I think Isa, Lee, and uh, Subject X will be a new trio too. Um, Nomura really can't keep controlling. Uh, I don't even know. Zigbar sent Skulls nobody to the past to start the Xehanort bloodline. Now that, my friends, is what you call convoluted. Jaden Andrews says, even though Ephemer has passed, do you think the Dandelions will find each other all again? There's a reunion coming. There's a reunion coming. Yeah, I think so. I think all the Dandelions reunite, and I'd be surprised if it wasn't Lushu that did it. Lushu brought all the foretellers back together. Uh, save for Ava. Um, I'd be willing to bet he's going to do the same thing with the Dandelions. I'd be willing to bet. I think there's a massive reunion somewhere down the line where a lot of these characters come back, even if for just a short while. Even if for just a short while. Ephemer gets with Skull's sister confirmed. Skull's subject X. Ay, ay, ay. Still possible, I suppose. Skull is alive and Zigbar hit her for a reason. Does she know about what Future for the wielders now. Who knows? And again, we don't know that that's Subject X. I mean, we don't know that that's Skuld in there, man. We don't know. Let's see. Subject X. Dark hair. Will's word coming through here. Subject X. Dark hair, roughly 15, has memory of four friends and a key. Knows the phrase, may your heart be your guiding key. Yeah, those are all the clues we have. Yeah, then it has, no, oh man, that makes me think, because then it can't be Ava, right? Because Ava would think, of, no, she might be thinking of the four foretellers. She doesn't consider Lucio a friend anymore. Not after the betrayal thing. 
King Sonu, a new sage of the lodge, says, I love the Akatsuki shirt, Landy. It's fire. Yeah, I love my Akatsuki shirt, man. I love it. I got Target marketed for it, and they knew. They knew I was going to pay for it. Oh, boy. I've heard some theories that Ava is the lich in Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, I made a theory video on that. Um, I don't think it's po I don't think it's true. Um, I think it's possible. I think it's possible Ava's the lich. I don't think it's true. But it's possible. That's why I made the theory. Because it is possible. My gut just says no. <coughs> Man, I've been talking a lot. So where does the Master of Masters actually live? Because we don't see any backstory from him or where he came. We just see the stuff that he did in Kingdom Hearts. We know he comes from a new time completely. He used to have friends. He used to have loved ones. He comes from a time even more ancient than Union Cross. Do you think Lushu is loyal to Master Master or will he betray the foretellers? Uh, I don't think those two are mutually exclusive. Um, I think he's actually pretty loyal to the foretellers. But I do think he will betray the master. This is unrelated to Xehanort, but do you think Ephraim used the trick that Aqua used to turn um, Land of Departure into Castle Oblivion in order to rebuild Scala? Interesting. That's a good question. I'll give you a hard maybe on that one. I'll give you a hard maybe on that one, bro. Let's keep it going. It would be cool to see all the former Keyblade wielders in a Jedi ghost-like appearance to show respect. I think you might get that with the Dark Road classmates. You might get them as um, uh, uh, ghost Jedis. Something like that. But Ava could fit that because we never see her hair and she has four friends. I mean, she's got more than four friends, but she has like four main friends being the foretellers if you subtract Lushu. If you subtract Lushu. I don't jump on the retcon bandwagon... But at this point, Xehanort's path being set by his future self is kind of retcon now with the reincarnated player character and the events that he went through. I don't know if it's fully retconned because once that blue robe died, that's when the Ansem robe came up and kicked right into action and brought him back to Scala Ad Kylum. Last scene before the fall of Radiant Garden, Isa and Lee, last scene with Brig. Or at least man with an eye patch. That's right. And who knows? What if that man with an eye patch isn't Lucio? Have we ever considered that? After the Dark Road finale, do you look at the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer scene with Donald and Goofy differently now? Yes. Yes. I think, um, I used to think it was possible. It was always possible they were purposefully looking for Hades. I thought it was equally possible they were looking for Orin. But now I think they might be looking for that part in Olympus Underworld that um, that allows them to talk to dead Keyblade wielders that's connected to the final world. That's what I believe now. Four friends. It must be Scald. If it was Ava, it would have been six friends. That's where I'm at a little bit. But doesn't Scald have more than four friends too? You know, once you start to rope in everybody else. Let's see. Something Jax is probably still Skull. You guys are still on that, huh? I mean, I get it. I get it. It's still possible. I don't know. I just think it's... I think it took a hit. I think it took a hard hit. Even if Ava isn't the Lich, it's still fun to think about. No one says we have to marry every theory that we come up with. This is what I'm saying. And I don't know if there's any content creators watching this right now. Like, when it comes to Kingdom Hearts theories, guys and ladies, you don't have to be right. It just has to be possible. 
It just has to respect and honor the Lord to the best of your ability, and it just has to be possible. You don't have to be right. None of us know where the hell this is going. Did anybody? Did anybody have theory videos about the world of fiction? Did anybody have theory videos about Yozora? Hell, nobody even had theory videos about Zigbar being Lushu. None of us know where the hell this is going. Now, once in a while, we can be correct and get it right, and that can be fun. But engaging in, the, in these conversations and making theory videos and pondering the future of Kingdom Hearts, it's all to just keep us excited, uh, spark our imaginations, theorize, uh, try to guess what would happen, reflect on the past, uh, derive meaning out of events in previous games, like... That's what all that's there for, you know? You don't gotta be right. Don't let fear of being wrong stop you from making theories. It just has to be possible. It doesn't have to be right. That, that, so if any content creators are watching this live right now, or you're watching this uh, on the VOD, or you're listening on Spotify, or, or any of the audio platforms, don't let being right or wrong stop you. Don't let nobody... I don't know. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. If you guys see somebody... If you guys could find me a Zigbar is Lushu theory from before Kingdom Hearts 3, I would love to see it because that's some amazing foresight. And I'd love to have that person on the podcast. Anyway, let's keep going. You think the union leaders will have a big reunion? Yes, 100%. I can't wait for Missing Link to give us a closer look at the society and residents of Scala. Me too. I want to get into that beta test. She tried to kill Lushu. Still, so not likely to be friends. That's where I'm with C-Man. That's where I'm with C-Man. Like, even though you could rope in all six, she's not chill with Lushu right now. And she may not be chill with the Master either. So that's why Ava, to me, is actually more plausible than Skull currently. Could be Skull still, but Ava right now, to me, is a little bit more plausible. If Skull is subject X, her reuniting with Ventus and Lorium makes more sense than Lee and Isa. I agree. I agree. That's a very good point. What's up, BDG? Let's see. So is Benita still alive in the present? Cage Steve Benitas was from the past, right? Correct. Correct. So the jury's still out on that one. But he's alive in someone's heart or something. I'm, I'm willing to bet it. Wait, player would make five friends for Skuld, right? They're a group of six, just like the Foretellers. Yes. Yes. Huh. What, I, what up, Sen Rice Picks? I wonder if eye patch is the proper translation of the report. The only other characters I can think of covering an eye is Diz. Yeah, what if it's Odin? What if it's Odin? Nah, it ain't Odin. It ain't Odin, but that's fun to think about. Uh, let's see. Skald also considers us player as a friend, so it's five, says Lily. Ava won't consider Master Master a friend because he's her master, he's her master and Lushu probably because he betrayed all of them. So it would leave the four foretellers. But like, here's my problem though, right? Because Ephemer is Ava's friend. Ava and Ephemer are friends. I don't know. But just because she only has... Okay, hold on. This throws the whole counting thing out the window. I know we're trying to count up Skuld and Ava's friends, but they only have memory of four friends. Not they only have four friends. They just only have memory of four friends. That's worth thinking about. 
Xylas says, I think it's a big, uh, I think a big supporter of Skull being subject X was at the scene where Brain gave Ephemer the Master Defender Keyblade. Because in that scene, she might have had four of her friends and that key there right in front of her. Okay. I, I mean, look, it's still possible, man. I'm not saying it's impossible. I just think Ava is more of a possibility at this point. And it's definitely fun when we do get the occasional W, but the L's are just as fun. Listen, man, when you hit, when you get an L, you take it on the chin. You take your L's on the chin, but you celebrate your W's. You celebrate your W's. Someone compared Master of Masters to Zigbar before Kingdom Hearts 3. That I saw, but they didn't say Zigbar was Lushu. Do we ever see Ava's hair? I can't remember. Me neither. I remember the Terror Guardian theory from a long time ago. I was so glad when it happened. Yep, that's one that got it right. That's one that got it right. Subject X never recalled her name and origin. It's been 10, 11, 12 years, and I suddenly are still searching for her. Hmm. Okay, Abdul says, should Ava even be angry at Lushu? He followed his role, but she outright refused whatever he said before the clash. Because Ava could be a little greedy. Okay. Excuse me. Let's see. Gula from Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. You are just like Ava, Skald. Interesting. Kind of funny they get lumped together in this theory all the you know all that time later. Nomura and his interviews. Isn't he wild? He's a wild man. Okay. So Venetus is scared of Ventus. That is why he wanted to join Ventus in Birth by Sleep. What do you think? I don't think he's scared of him. I don't think he's scared of him. I don't know if that would be the right word. Who knows? I think Namine is connected to Ava. Possible. Maybe Ava's in Kairi's heart and Ava has blonde hair. So just like Ventus being in Sora's heart made Sora's nobody look like Roxas. Maybe Ava has blonde hair and Ava's been hiding away in Kairi's heart. So that's why Kairi's nobody has blonde hair. I don't know. I don't know, man. Just spitting. Just spitting. Let's see. You think Ansem's ghost in Castle Oblivion is the darkness entity that Riku fought? I don't think so. Like, maybe, but I don't think so. That means Ava was in Sora's heart, too. I mean, at one point, yeah, because that would mean Kyrie went in there. Ooh, interesting. I firmly believe the Naminé-Ava connection. I could, too. But hold on, where does the memory stuff come in, right? Where do those memory powers come in? Did Ava ever have, like, those memory powers? No, if anything, it's more... I, I would actually argue it's more likely Ava has dark hair and that that's why Shion looks the way she does. Because you know how Ava's able to shapeshift? So is Shion, right? Shion changes depending who's looking at her. Where does that power come from, right? Namine's memory power, in theory, has to come from somewhere, and I don't think Ava has any power like that. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. What about those pods in the basement of Twilight Town? They said they were used before. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Zylet says, I would wish for the anti-Black Coat Nightmare to be dark, cheerthy, but I doubt it'd ever become relevant again. No, 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 no. 
I think Dark Charity's making a comeback. I think you'll see Dark Charity make a huge comeback. No question. No question. All righty, let's see. I also think the Master of Masters looks like Ericus, but disheveled. More akin to Arden from FF15 slash Versus 13. I could see that. That could be wild. That could be wild. All right, but we are coming up on two hours. We're getting to the bottom of the chat, so I am going to wrap it up soon, but let's get to these final messages here. Um, Lily says, I don't know about memories, but Naminé could shapeshift like Kairi to Riku. Oh, okay. And use, hold on, I lost you there. And use illusory powers like Ava so I could see the connection. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Darkness was the one masquerading as Ava for Ventus to become leader. Ooh, did I get that mixed up? Did I get that mixed up? I thought it was both. I thought Ava was able to shapeshift. Why do I remember that? The only thing I ever remember people getting right was Terra being Ansem's guardian. This is what I mean, man. Like, even the best Kingdom Hearts theorists out there, to get most of their shit wrong, I'm no exception. Most of my shit's gonna be wrong. But I'm gonna get some W's. Like Xehanort coming back. Xehanort making a return. Xehanort being in Quadratum. I think that's gonna be a W. But most of my shit is else. Ava did shapeshift. Thank you, Xylath. Um, Nominee's memory power comes from Kyrie. That's right. Fuck me. I did a video on this. I'm such a fucking idiot. I did a whole video on Nominee's memory power coming from Kyrie. But anyway, Nominee's memory power comes from Kyrie's princess powers. So if the foretellers had the seven crowns, Ava could be a pr princess with memory powers. Yes. Yes. Stoopy, though. It's so much. That's what I love about Kingdom Hearts. It's so much. So much to remember. Let's see. Okay. Many were saying Ericus was the guardian. They weren't wrong. Ericus was kind of tagging along. People always suspected Zigbar being someone of greater importance. Yeah, I mean, you could tell by the way they were positioning him, but no one knew he was Lushu. No one knew he was Lushu. Alrighty. Like I said, I am going to wrap it up here. Um, if you're hanging out, let this be a reminder. If you're hanging out on YouTube... Make sure you follow on Twitch. If you're hanging out on Twitch, make sure you follow on YouTube. Uh, before we wrap up, let's give out some special shout-outs to three new Sages of the Lodge, King Sanu, my darling wife, Charlotte Landy, who became a Sage on YouTube, and Seaman for becoming a Sage. Thank you very much, all of you, so much. I, I, I really appreciate the support. Just know I don't need anyone to become channel members or become sages or to super chat or donate. All I ask is all you sickos come here and hang out with me while I talk some Kingdom Hearts shit. So thanks for hanging out. It's really been great. Let me see these final messages. Um, thanks, Lanny. It was so much fun. That's what I'm here for. Ciao. Okay, yeah, I see we're signing off. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. If you're on Twitch, we're going to raid. We're going to raid the Cynic. So everyone all aboard. He's playing some Super Smash. Thanks for hanging out for episode 136 of the podcast. We got some new theories dropping these next couple weeks. More Kingdom Hearts theories, Final Fantasy theories, some Soul Calibur news, some new podcasts, some Tokyo Game Show reactions. We got it all coming. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll see you on the next one.